Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. Good morning, Fellowship Church. How are we doing this morning? You know, this week I was reminded how much faith we put in other things, like restaurants. We put faith in those cooks to cook our meals. We put faith in the contractors that build our homes, you know, sitting on the couch. We don't expect our roofs to fall down, amen? But why is it so hard sometimes to put our trust in Jesus when we're going through something hard? Why? He's the only one that, t- that can take care of that for you, amen? He's the only one that's gonna make that miracle happen. He's the only one that is gonna take that prayer and have it come to pass, amen? So we're gonna sing this song and we're gonna put our trust in God. We're gonna listen to what he has for us to say, amen? Come on, let's just raise our hands right now. We thank you, Jesus, we thank you, Jesus. We put our faith in you, Lord.
sing about it, but if we believe what we're singing, we should pray about it. So if you have in your mind a miracle that you need, maybe you're praying for a family member, for healing, maybe it's a workplace situation, a relationship situation, but think of something that you're aware of that you want to see God do a miracle in. And once you have it in your mind, let's pray together. God, we're not just singing words. We literally believe that you are a miracle-working God. We believe that you're able. We believe you're faithful. We believe that you can raise the dead and heal the sick and remove cancer. We believe you can restore marriages. We believe that you can give promotions and breakthroughs and, and heal and mend hearts that are broken. We believe in miracles. And we ask right now that you would look down, Father, that you'd see the miracle that's on the heart and mind of every person in this room or watching online that we're individually asking for. And God, we pray that you would do the miraculous. Do what only you can do. Come through in a big way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, church family. If you would, turn, greet one another, make your way to your seats. If you're watching online, we're excited to have you. Please greet people in the chat by letting us know what you're up to this weekend, where you're watching from. We're just excited to have you here with us in person or online. If you are a guest or a visitor here at Fellowship, we'd like to invite you to text the word fellowship to 94,000. If you do that, it'll lead you through a series of easy prompts, ask you a couple questions, and it'll put you in touch with one of our pastors that can just, I don't know, tell you anything you might want to know about the church, invite you to a guest reception in the future as well. If you'd like to, and you're in person, you can also stop by the information counter and just let us know, and we'll give you um, a a gift card to go to the church bookstore and select a specialty drink for you and everyone in your visiting party, but we're just really glad that you're here. Now, um, on the side screens, there's all the different ways that you can give. We can give um, digitally, we can give as we leave the worship center, all different kinds of things. But as I was thinking about what to share this morning, I was reminded of myself as a teenager. I was 15 years old, and I've shared before that I was raised in a very strict Catholic family. And when I discovered who Jesus was and what he had done on the cross, it like changed my whole world. And I went and looked and found a church very similar to this one, but in Wisconsin. But my parents really wanted me to be Catholic still, so they kind of drug me to every event that they could at the Catholic church. And so one particular day, I was at this thing because it was a service because um, the Archbishop was in town. So what you've got is you've got a local priest or pastor over the congregation, and then you have a bishop who's over a lot of congregations. Then you have an archbishop who's like pretty high up, and he's over a lot of bishops, plus a ton of congregations. And so it was a very big deal, so my parents brought me to the service. And I was sitting there reading my Bible, um, and the guy, the, the archbishop, began to talk, and he was given the sermon. And in the course of giving that sermon, he said that if you would give 2% of your income to the Lord, that he would bless you and protect you and provide for you, that he'd open the windows of heaven and make sure that the, the enemy was rebuked from your stuff. And he kind of went into all this stuff. And I was enough familiar with the Bible at that point in my life to go, wait a second, that doesn't sound right. So I was flipping through the pages to try to find, and I found this verse, and it's Malachi 3.10. And what it is, is it's the main verse that pastors talk about when it comes to tithing. It says, bring all the tithe 
into the storehouse so that there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the window of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great that you will not have enough room to take it all in. Try it. Put me to the test. And so I found that verse and I was just perplexed. Like, why would this guy say that? The service ended and um, my dad made me get in the line, like a receiving line to like go shake the hands of the pastors and the bishops. And so I was in the line and we got to the front and the archbishop, he said to me, he's like, hey, there's not a lot of young people in the room. So I want to know what was your opinion? What did you think of my service? You're laughing because you know me, right? And 15-year-old JL was a lot the same as the JL you see before you, but I was a lot more cocky. And so I looked at this man and I said, you lied. <laughs> and um, that did not go over well for me in that moment. Um, instantly, my dad's hand was like squeezing on one shoulder and the priest of our family parish was like squeezing on the other. And I knew it was not gonna end well for me. He goes, wait a second, why do you say that? And so I opened the Bible to the verse in Malachi 3 that I had found um, during his service and I started to read it and he's like, yes, I know, I know that verse. And I was like, okay, here it comes. He goes, and the truth is, you're right. And then he said to my dad and the priest, leave her be. And so they took their hands off me and I wasn't gonna die in that moment. <laughs> and he, he said, you're right, here's the truth, it's really hard. It's really hard to stand up in front, and he's like, you, you, you can't fully understand the pressure of what it's like to stand up in front of a congregation of people and to say, bring the whole tithe, bring 10%. You can't know how hard that is. And my cocky 15-year-old self had no idea, but now I know. It's so hard to stand up and say, the Bible says we're to bring one-tenth of our income. It's so hard to say that because I know how hard each of you works. I know how you put your blood, sweat, and tears to earn this money, and the expenses, especially right now, are so high, gas and back to school. and There's just so many things that it's so easy to say, well, I don't have 10%, it's, and it's really hard to be this guy standing up in front and saying, but the Bible says 10%. And he, back to when I was 15, the bishop, he was telling me like how hard it was and how he was tired of everyone thinking that the church was just all about the money, that the only reason he said stuff like that was because the church is after your money, and he, he's like, that's so much pressure. And now, 40-year-old self, I can look at that and go, yeah, it is so much pressure, because the truth is, you, anyone given in the offering is not relevant to me personally. What it is, is that I care about you, I pray for you, I ask God to bless you and provide for you and to pour out resources in your life and your cars wouldn't break down and your kids' clothes would be on sale but the cool brands and like, I pray for all this stuff for you and I mean it and I want you to be blessed and it would be so much easier if I could say what the bishop said which was 2% would do it because 2% feels more palatable. But the truth is, not my opinion, the truth is that God's word says to bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, to bring the full 10%. And if we do, then God will open the window of heaven over us and pour blessings into us so much that we can't contain them. And 2% won't give that same blessing. And a tip in the offering doesn't give that same blessing. It's when we say, by faith, mathematically, it does not make sense to give 10%. But by faith, I am going to put God to the test and I'm going to try it. And that's what the Bible says. And I understand now what, what I didn't understand then is how hard it is. 
how hard it is to be an adult eking out a living on the western slope, how hard it is to provide for your family, and how hard it is to, to in faith, do it. But the other thing I do understand is that I've seen personally over and over again, and many in this room could say the same thing, that God makes it miraculously work out. He does what he promised he would do. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we trust you. And sometimes trusting is easy, and sometimes trusting feels hard. But God, we pray that you would give us an increase in our faith, that, that those in our midst who haven't tried tithing yet would try it. They would put you to the test, just like you promised that they could and that you would come through for them. So God, give them the faith and let them do it and let them see that huge blessing and protection in their own lives. And Lord, for those who've been faithfully giving for years and tithing for years, God, I pray the same thing, protection and blessing over them and all that they care about. God, come through for us, do a miracle for us. And when you're bringing these resources in, let it be enough for what you wanna do in the kingdom this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, guys, it's fall, and there's always a ton of cool stuff happening, so let's see what's going on around the church. Hosting a life group can be intimidating. We totally understand. But here at Fellowship, we got together some of our life group hosts, and they wanted to share their story about how important and how meaningful it has been for them to host a life group. So it all started, the church was looking for some volunteers to get plugged in. Um, I definitely wanted to get plugged into the church to meet some people. Um, to start serving in any way that I could. Uh, they were looking for someone to lead a men's group. Didn't know what I was doing. Um, just trusted that God had a plan and he would take care of it. And here we are, you know, six years later. It's so easy. Anybody can do it. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. It can just be this small, intimate thing with you and those few people that you feel really comfortable with. Just getting in the community lets me know that we're not supposed to do life alone anyways. Totally worth it to watch and be a part of impacting others and also being impacted myself. It'll change your life. It'll change your perspective on life. It'll change the way that you handle life because you won't be handling life alone. You'll be handling it with your life group. Hosting a life group is not difficult at all. Just the first step is the hardest in signing up. And then after that, you get, get into the groove and start doing life with other people. If you feel a nudge to lead a life group, you should not hesitate because God's gonna be there with you. Definitely do it. Um, it's, it's truly a blessing to find your spot where God can use you and let his will be done and, and bring other people to him. Pray about it and trust in God and let him use you as a vessel. Let him use your past experiences and take that leap of faith because you really don't know what you're missing. You don't know what it could turn into until you try it. If hosting a life group is something that feels important to you or something that the Lord is leading you to do, please be obedient in that. You can come talk to our Next Step team or sign up on the Church Center app on the homepage. Speaking of life groups, we have Rooted coming up. We had to bump it back. It's going to now start on September 25th, but this is a great way to get involved. If you aren't quite sure about life groups or what that might look like, I highly recommend jumping into Rooted again starting on September 25th. It costs $25 and you can sign up on the Church Center app. Coming up this fall and the end of September, we are launching Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. We are actually doing this curriculum right now as a staff and it has been so life-giving. So we encourage everyone coming up this fall, have your group ready, grab a couple of people around you, even if it's just a few friends, even if it's two, grab a couple of people, do this curriculum with us. It is going to be so powerful as a church as we grow emotionally and spiritually together. 
As your nursery pastor, I love getting to see your kids every single week. And I have a big request to ask of some of you. I know that some of you are passionate and have incredible experience working with kids with special needs. And we have a few kids in the nursery area who need one-on-one -on -one support. If you have any experience, if you are passionate at all, please come talk to me back in the nursery or sign up on the Church Center app and let us know that you're interested in helping with our kids with special needs. To stay up to date with everything that's happening at Fellowship, please go to fellowshipgj.com events. God has something amazing for each one of us today. Please enjoy today's service. We are in our prayer series, and we talk a lot about prayer here at Fellowship because we realize, hey, it's the only thing that really works. It's, that's it. I mean, if you have an issue, if you have a problem, you got to pray about it. And there's times when we'll be in the lobby and somebody will say, hey, you know, I'm going through this struggle or I'm going through that. And we'll just stop right there and pray because God is the answer. He's the only one that can fix whatever we're facing. But when it comes to prayer, we got a lot of preconceived notions about it. I mean, a lot of traditions have, have made us feel maybe a little strange about it. A lot of times we're, we're scared maybe to pray out loud because we'll pray the wrong things. I remember when I was growing up in my youth group, we had a, a small church. We had, for some reason, this huge youth group. And so we had like these hundred kids that would get together, high school kids that would get together on Sunday nights. And we just, we had a volunteer that was this precious person that was just willing to st stand in and, and lead us and so he would always say the same things, like, all right, we're going to circle up. Didn't matter how many kids we had. We're going to circle up, and we're going to pray at the, end of the, at the end of our time together. And so we would circle up, and he'd say, okay, now hold hands. Now, I know a lot of you, he'd say, are, are not real comfortable with praying out loud. So if, if, if it comes to you and you don't want to pray, you just squeeze the hand of the person next to you. I don't know if you guys did that growing up. But I'm telling you, as soon as the first person would pray, it was like a relay race around, just squeezing each other's hands as fast as they could. Not very many people are really comfortable with praying out loud. And it is, it's because it's different. I mean, it's, it's something that does take some time to get comfortable with, but it is something that can change your life. Now, it's interesting. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of uh, John Christ before. John Christ is a Christian comedian. He's a really funny guy. You can see him a lot on YouTube. He tours around like all the other comedians do. And uh, he's got some really, really funny stuff. And, and he clears some things up about prayer for us in a video I want to show you here in just a second. He clears up some of the confusion that can happen on pre-meal prayers. Okay? Pre-meal prayers. Let's watch this. Today we're talking about pre-meal prayer. Very confusing subject. A lot of people don't know when to pray, what to pray for, how to pray, who prays. Hey, do you want me to, should I pray? You want to, should we pray? I don't know if, all very confusing. We're going to cover it all today. Let's get started. Chips and salsa. Sometimes they bring it to the table before you're even seated. There's no need to pray for that. Lots of people wonder about appetizers. Do you pray for them? Do you not pray for them? No prayer is necessary for an appetizer if you have entrees coming out later. Salad, that is the most confusing thing on the prayer continuum. If it's a side salad or an appetizer salad, no need for prayer there. Now, if it's a main course salad or you're bringing it out with the rest of everyone else's meal, that then is gonna require some kind of prayer. But I put that kind of in a separate category. For the most part, when you're thinking about salads, just remember this, if it requires dressing, it doesn't require a blessing. Do I pray for coffee? 
No, are you a psychopath? No one wants to be next to the person at Starbucks that's praying over a latte, you weirdo. Soup, do you pray for soup? Do not pray for soup. It's only bowl-related soups. Anything smaller than that is always off the hook. I like to say if it comes in a cup, no need to lift up. Everyone knows if you order a hamburger, that's gonna require prayer. But if you order sliders, that does not require prayer. It's a little glitch in the system a lot of people are not aware of. Potato skins, no prayer. Baked potato, prayer. Ask any Bible-believing Christian, they're gonna have a different policy on fries. Some say never eat the fries. Some say eat as many as you want. Here's the policy on fries. Up to three fries is acceptable to eat prior to the prayer. That brings us to dessert. Always a very confusing situation. A lot of times people go out to a show, go to a movie, hey, should we grab some dessert afterward? Yeah, let me get the creme brulee. I love cheesecake. Ugh. You don't need to pray for that because you've already prayed for your meal earlier in the night. Do you hold hands before you pray? That depends on your situation. If it's a personal family gathering, some close-knit Bible study of some sort, sure, a hold hand wouldn't be uncomfortable. Now, if you're on a Tinder date, that might throw off the mood a little bit. Most of the confusion surrounding pre-meal prayer comes from when to actually pray. Let me just say, on behalf of waiters, all over the world. Please pray when your waiter is not there. There's nothing worse than a waiter coming out with two full arms of fajitas and you're over there mid-prayer of Jabez. Like, what are you doing? Last but certainly not least, who at the table volunteers to lead the prayer? Lots of people say the man should lead the prayer. Why is that? A lot of people operate under the most spiritual person at the table. They're gonna be the one that should pray because that prayer is gonna be the most powerful and effective. So if you got obviously a pastor, a missionary, even a Christian blogger of some sort, shoot, even a volunteer youth pastor, that prayer is gonna be a little less effective, but it's still gonna qualify. If you're just an average person, sitting at the table with obviously more spiritual people around you, you're kind of off the hook because I feel like God would be like, hey, how come y'all didn't bless this meal? You'd be like, I don't know, ask the pastor, he works for you. <laughs> so maybe that clears it up for you a little bit. Maybe that'll help you out. But when we were talking about this series as a programming team, we kind of talked about what has been the most impactful prayer that you've ever read what, or, or said? What, what had the most life-changing uh, 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 manifestation as a result of that prayer? Well, of course, the salvation prayer. I mean, right? I mean, that's, that's single-handedly changed your destination in life when you prayed that prayer. So, absolutely. No better prayer than the salvation prayer. No, no more impactful prayer than the salvation prayer. But besides that, what might it be? Well, I don't know if you were here uh, back in the early 2000s, like 2001, uh, we were actually, uh, the main services were, were, were uh, our, where 4640 is now. But we did a series in there that was called The Prayer of Jabez. And The Prayer of Jabez, it was a book that was written by Bruce Wilkinson. Man, it, and it sold tons of copies. It was one of the, the best sellers in the country at the time. And so Pastor Hooper did a message based on this book, The Prayer of Jabez. And when he did it, uh, he asked for all of us within the room, you know, start praying this. Pray this for at least a month and see if something doesn't change in your life. So I did it, and I took it super seriously. And that month, it, it was amazing the things that had happened. It was amazing to see what had happened in my life in just four weeks as a result of it. And so I very much decided, you know what, if, if I've seen this kind of result in a month, what would happen if I just continued to pray it? So I never stopped. I never stopped. 
And so you think about this, you think, well, wow, if it had that much of an impact on my life and it had that much of an impact upon lives all across the country, who is this Jabez guy? Like, who was he? That, that he could pray these things and, and great things would come from it. Well, what we find in Scripture is there's not a lot written about him, and there's not a lot written about him in the history books. We do know that he was a part of the tribe of Judah, and the tribe of Judah is the worshiping tribe. The tribe of Judah is uh, where David came from. The tribe of Judah is where Jesus came from. And so he was a part of, of this particular tribe. He was honored more than all of his brothers. We know that from the scripture. And he eventually was a prominent head of his household and most likely within his tribe. Now his name means sorrow or pain. And his mother named him that because her labor was so intense. Now the truth is, is that our moms all probably would have liked to call us Jabez after they went through labor, right? You, you're such a little pain, like they're really hurt. So that's what she called him was Jabez. So that's where, that's where he got his name from. Now the author doesn't just mention his name for genealogy purposes. He, she, he also talks about his prayer life, which means that he was a very significant man of his time. And we read about him in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, The NIV said he actually cried out to the God of Israel, and this is what he said, Oh, that you would bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. And then the scripture says, so God granted him what he requested. Now, as you read that scripture, and you may have read that scripture before, maybe you didn't break it down. Because there's some significant things, four significant things that Jabez prays in this prayer that change him, that change his situation, that change his life. The first is, is he says, bless me indeed. We all want to be blessed, right? Bless me indeed. But to bless in a biblical sense means to ask God to impact or impart supernatural favor on our behalf. I like that. Right? That means when you ask God to bless you, expect a miracle. God is going to miraculously come through for you. And when we ask God for his blessing, we're not asking for more of something we can get for ourselves. Right? It's not just something we already have. We're asking for something new. We're, ask, we're, act, we're asking for something greater. Bruce Wilkinson in his book says, We're crying out for the wonderful unlimited goodness that only God has the power to know about or to give us. Now, this kind of ask shows deep and radical trust in God and his provision. It's not asking, though, for like a nicer car or a six-figure income or a private jet. It's asking God to answer our need in the perfect way that he knows and that he authored. Because he knows what's best for us and he knows what we can handle. Have you ever noticed that? That, that, it, it, that God gives you what, what doesn't always get you what you want, but he gives you what you need? And that's so true. He wants to make sure that what he blesses you with, you can handle it. You can handle that weight. And so he gives it to you when he knows that you're ready for it. And he spares us a lot of our own prayers too. You know, there's, I'm telling you guys, let's just be honest with you. There was a lot of, there's a lot of girls that I dated. I'm like, oh God, please let this be the one. And he saved me from that. 
I went to the 20th year reunion. I went to the 30th year reunion. I know what he saved me from, right? So there's going to be times he's going to keep things from happening in your life because he knows what's best for you. Now, when I started praying this, I not only asked him to bless me, but I also asked him to bless me specifically. So like I heard that message and it really, really blessed me. But I had heard another message also on prayer. And that message was like, hey, don't, don't, don't just speak general prayers when you pray. Speak specifically because God wants to specifically bless you. So a general prayer is just, okay, Lord, bless my mom, bless my dad, bless my kids, bless us. That's very general. But when we get specific about what those blessings look like, it changes the power in our prayer because God's like, okay, I will specifically bless you then. It's, it's a beautiful thing. So I thought, okay, I'm going to combine the prayer of Jabez with, with sp being very specific. Then I heard this other message. And the other message was, hey, when you pray, don't just pray things for yourself. Pray them for others as well. So instead of saying, Lord, I, I pray that you would bless me, you would say, Lord, I, I, as I pray this, I would pray, I would pray that you would bless me, that you would bless, uh, that you would bless my family. And then as time went on, I thought, well, why am I only just praying it for me and my family? Why am I not praying it, praying it over our church? So I, every day I started praying this blessing for me, my family, and for our church. So I wanted it to be specific, but I wanted it to be for all of us. Specifically, I wanted to pray that God would bless us spiritually. Now that's one of the things. It's just like, God, I want you to bless us, but could you bless me spiritually? The scripture says when we draw close to him, he'll draw close to us. And there's not a better place that we can be than really, really close to Jesus. So I'm like, Lord, just bless us with that, man. Bless us spiritually. Draw us close to you. And then I say, Lord, bless us financially. Because none of us is going to say, I don't know, we're good financially. We, we have plenty. You don't need, you, you're a good God. You don't need to bless us anymore. We would never pray that. I mean, for a lot of us, we, sometimes we're week to week on whether or not we're going to pay our bills. And, and sometimes we have financial stress. So if we are praying financial, a financial blessing from the Father, we got to understand that what we're praying to, we're praying to somebody that has unlimited resources. The scripture says that we are praying to him from his unlimited resources. We're not praying, oh, Lord, give me, give me blessing and favor from, from my work. Give me blessing, and, give me blessing financially from, from maybe uh, uh, the state or, or from the government. We're not saying even bless me financially from the, the wealth of Bill Gates. We're, we're asking a blessing financially from the God that has unlimited resources. So bless me indeed financially. Bless us indeed financially. Bless us indeed emotionally. Man, I know for me, I'm not healthy unless my emotional tank is filled. And the only way that that emotional tank can be filled is by spending time with people that I love and by doing things that I enjoy doing. That's how we fill that emotional tank. You want to drain your emotional tank? Do a bunch of obligatory things with people you don't like. That will just suck your tank just dry. Go do a bunch of activities that you don't enjoy. That will absolutely empty your emotional tank. But when we pray, God bless us, bless us emotionally, he's going to provide friends. Some of you are lonely, right? Some of you are lonely right now. You just need a friend. And so when we pray, Lord, bless us emotionally, give us good friendships, he'll do that. If you're bored, maybe you're in between activities in your life. Maybe you, you don't want to play golf anymore. or Maybe you don't want to camp anymore. But, man, you're bored. Pray that God would give you something to do that would fill that emotional tank. And then finally, bless us physically. 
Bless us physically. Lord, bless us physically. I, I, 30 years ago or 20 years ago, I didn't take this one very seriously. Like, I prayed that other stuff real seriously. But physically, I, if your health is good, you take for granted your health. You get sick, you have a few injuries here or there, and then you are going to start realizing that praying for physical stuff is super, super important. A couple years ago, I said, I mean, it's, it's crazy. I, I, I have to work out now just to stay kind of fat. That's true. When you turn 50, everything kind of changes. If you saw me, okay, right, like right now, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty spry. I'm moving about the, st the stage pretty good. But if you saw me in the middle of the night when I got out of the bed to, to go to the bathroom, I look like a character on The Walking Dead. I'm like, ugh, ugh. I don't want my wife to wake up and see me because I, I just, my back's hurting, my neck's hurting. It's amazing what lack of movement will do. But, man, until you lose, until you get sick, or you start having some physical problems, you don't realize how that affects you. So it's really important to me now. God, bless me indeed physically. Bless my family indeed physically. And help us, yeah, help us to be free of sickness and, and, and sickness of uh, any kind or any kind of injury. So get specific. Bless me indeed. Then enlarge my territory. That's what he says next. Now that's something you would just kind of totally skip over. Enlarge my territory. What does that mean? I don't get it. Well, what he means there is he wants, uh, we're to pray that he would expand our territory of influence. And not for us, but for God. This isn't about us, this is about him. This isn't about you gaining influence for yourself, but gaining influence for him and his kingdom. More ministry. It's asking God to expand the border of what are, whatever he has given you already. And he, as he expands that, and many times he expands your business, he expands your friendships, he expands your family, your influence. So pray that and just watch what happens. And if you ask for more, expect more. Expect it. He'll give you new opportunities. And when he gives you those opportunities, take them. Take them. And now here's the thing. He's not going to give you anything that you're not going to be able to do as far as expanding your territory. But he may give you something that makes you feel a little uncomfortable at first, that's going to stretch you, that's going to make you realize, oh, this is growing me here. That's all a part of it. But we want to make sure that in our life we, don't stat we become stagnant when it comes to our ministry. And the truth is, the scripture says we are all to fulfill the great commission of Christ. The great commission is to tell others about Jesus, to see them saved, and to see them baptized. That's all of our jobs. Then we also see him say here that your, let your hand, uh, that your hand would be with me. That your hand would be with me. Now this is talking about God's hand supporting you. Because if he expands your territory, you're going to need his support to handle the weight. Influence and blessing are weight. They can be heavy. More responsibility, more people looking at you, more people criticizing you. Okay, And, and, and we see this. And here's the thing, guys. When it comes to this, it seems, you know, we'll see people on TV. We'll see people that are famous. We'll see people that, that are in leadership. And, and we'll say things like, oh, I wish I had what they had. Well, here's the thing. You can't have what they have because you haven't done what they've done to get what they have. And the weight that comes with more is weight. Because a lot of people think, well, if I was just blessed, and if I just had what you had, and man, that, my life would be so easier. No, it wouldn't be easier. It'd be different. The weight would be different. 
Years ago, we used to go uh, uh, to T.D. Jakes' uh, leadership conferences. I don't know if you've ever watched T.D. Jakes before. He's a just great pastor down in Dallas. Uh, and he built this incredible ministry in Dallas. And he's the type of guy that has so much influence that he actually speaks and, and has relationships with each of the presidents of the United States as they come into office. He goes with them. He prays with them. He advises them. So that's how much influence this guy has. And so he was talking about that one day. He was talking about, you know, his church, his church seats like 7,000 people and he has all these multiple services and he says you know I'll get people to come up to me that will come up to me and I'll say man Bishop I wish I could have what you have I, I wish I'd, I could do what you could do I, I mean I wish I just I wish I had all that influence and he said every time that happens I, I tell him the same thing I get my car keys or get the, the church keys out of my pocket and I said and he says I tell them if I throw these keys to you you better duck you better duck because you've done the workouts to handle that kind of weight. Just like physical weight. Just like when you're lifting weights, you don't start off benching 300 pounds. You start off benching 50 pounds. And then you work up to it. And that's what God is trying to do in us. Is he's trying to, to, to expand our territory, but he wants to support us. Because he doesn't want you to do stuff on your own. He wants to do stuff with you. And he also realizes if we're going to be successful, it has to be Christ doing it through us. And we know that from Philippians 4.13, that scripture we have memorized. We read that over and over again in, in, uh, in Sunday school. For I can, do, uh, I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. It's through Christ that gives me strength to be able to do that. He's going to give it to me, but he's going to give me the strength to be able to do it when I get it. I love John 15.5. It says, yes, I am the vine, talking about Jesus, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. In a plant, it's all about the nutrients that come up through the vine and then go out to the branches. If a branch falls off from the vine, what happens? It dies. It doesn't produce any fruit. And so what the scripture is saying here is like, stay linked in with the vine. If you're, if you're with me and I'm with you, then I'm going to give you the nutrients. I'm going to give you the support. I'm going to be there with you to make sure that you're successful. And I love this. The feeling of being out of our depth is the indicator of being dependent on God, which is living in faith. Sometimes, man, it's just good to feel like the... We're out of our depths here. Got to have God come through for me. And he always does. And when he does, it just builds your faith. Asking for God to support you comes after asking for blessings and expansion. Don't ask for blessings and expansion if you don't have support because it'll crush you. A lot of times our, our, our current situation is so manageable. It's manageable on our own, which is keeping our own hand on our life. We're controlling things. We're trying to deal with stuff. We're, we're only taking on what we can handle. And God's saying, I have so much more for you. I have so much more that I want to do through, through you. But when we ask for more, we invite God to keep his hand on our life, showing faith and a need for him. We must partner with God in our life, and we need to do it daily. And then he says, keep me from evil. Keep me from evil. Jabez was a great man. But he's still just a man. With human weaknesses and shortcomings and susceptible to demonic attack. He knows he could blow it. it it's just, he, he knows he's just like any of us. And so he says, God, you got to direct me. You got to keep me from evil. 
Keep me from situations that might cause my demise. And I heard a wise man once say, and it's so true, that we are all one decision from throwing our life away. Have you ever thought about that? We're all one decision, one decision from throwing our life away. And how many times have we seen that? I mean, you watch the news every night, and you see people. They've, they've built something up. They, maybe they've become really, really powerful, maybe really, really famous. Maybe they're, they're making a lot of money. Their business is doing really good. And then what do they do? They have an affair. They get caught stealing money. They get caught cheating on their taxes. They get caught doing something. And they lose everything from one decision. And God knows that. Jabez knew that, and that's why he was like, God, just keep me from evil. Keep me from doing something stupid. Keep me from that. Keep me safe from that. But we need his help, right? We need God's help. And then we see the Bible say in verse 10, so God granted him what he requested. He gave it to him. Don't be surprised when God answers your prayers. Don't be surprised. The first month that Pastor gave us that challenge, Pastor Hooper gave us that challenge, I started praying that scripture, and I could not believe the things that happened in my life. I would have never dreamed what God was going to do in me or through me since I started asking what Jabez asked. The scripture says, ask and you shall receive. But you got to ask. It all starts with prayer. And it all starts with prayer on a daily basis. That's why we're, we talk about all the time, man, are you having your coffee with God? Are, are, you, are you reading the word? Are you, are you praying on a daily basis? You know, JL talked about uh, last week, give us this day our daily bread, talking about hey, every day we need to go before the Lord. And we need to pray because we need him. Not once a week, not once a month, not just when we come to church. Man, it needs to be every day. And I can tell you, since 2001, I have prayed that prayer almost every day of my life. There's days I miss it. There's days where it might be five out of seven or six out of seven. But I know I need it. I need that. I need him in my life. I need him supporting me. I want his blessings, but I don't want them without him. Bruce Wilkinson said in his book, The reason men and women of faith rise above the rest is that they think and pray differently than those around them. And you just think different. You just pray different. So as we close this morning, let's, let's do that together. Let's, let's get a little strategic together. So if you'll, if you'll stand with me. And as you stand, if you'll just close your eyes, let's, let's say this prayer of Jabez and let's invite this blessing into our life. So right now, I just want you to ask God to bless you. Ask him to bless you. Ask him to bless you spiritually. Just tell him you want to draw close to him. Tell him you want to go to new, new spiritual levels with him. two things, not only just you, but also your family. Bless my family, Lord, spiritually. Bless my family financially. 
for a raise. Ask him for a, a better paying job. Ask him that he would protect you financially. Now bless, ask him to bless you emotionally. Ask him for new friends. Life-giving friends. Not, not friends that are going to hurt you. Not friends that are going to betray you. But great friends. Life-giving friends. Ask him that he might put a new activity in your life that you would just love and that would just fill your emotional tank. And then ask him to bless you physically. Just ask him that he would keep you healthy, keep you from sickness, keep you from injury. those same things emotionally and physically over your family. Now ask him to enlarge your territory. To give you more influence for him. Tell him you want to do more for him. happy to be an instrument for him. Now ask him to keep his hand on you, support you. He'll never fail you. He'll never let you fall. And then ask him to keep you from evil. Ask him to help you just not, not to mess up, not to, to fall into temptation. And the scripture says, we also talked about this, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jabez is just saying part of that prayer. So Lord, keep us from evil. Keep us from anything that would hurt us. Help us to steer so clear of that. Let's be a lamp unto our feet that we would know the direction we should go and how we should do it. And Lord... Jabez prayed that you granted those requests and I pray in Jesus name right now by the power the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit that you would grant our request and that Lord we wouldn't just pray it today we wouldn't just pray it through this month but we would pray this the rest of our lives because we know we need you we love you and we thank you we thank you Lord that you want to bless us how cool is that God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you Sunday, okay? Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you have not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You can do that right now. I just want to encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins, 
and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. I ask you now to be my savior and to guide my life, to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text HEAVEN to 94000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions you may have. Also, if you're in need of prayer, we would love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting PRAYER SUPPORT to 94000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries, you can text FELLOWSHIP to 94000 to connect with our staff. As always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. Thanks again, and we hope to see you next week in person or online.